0: Welcome to Growth Interviews, real experts around the globe giving away their best so that you can become smarter. We are here with Brian Green, which is heading the EMEA uh, uh, business development for Magento. Uh, Brian... Tell us, uh, for the beginning, how you got first into the digital landscape, because you, I know you have a, a good track record in this, but I, we would like to hear your story.
1: OK, so most of my career I've been in infrastructure sales, but clearly I was really interested in getting more into the application stack. And I had an opportunity to join um, the Drupal guys the at the time. And, you know, so that's really on a kind of an evolution of my career to get into open source software. I've been involved in Linux for years, and then Drupal, also based on open source. I was involved in projects with those guys, and I bumped into Magento. We started doing projects together, where we were running Magento Commerce as a backend to Drupal. And then over some time, Magento leadership convinced me to go and join Magento, and here I am.
0: Great. Uh, tell us what's frustrating, from your point of view, around the e-commerce landscape at this moment. What, what do you think it should be somehow fixed or changed?
1: I think I'm not sure if it's a frustration. I think you know, you know, and I, funny enough, I, you know, we're hearing in um, Magento, meet Magento in Poland, and I think what I was talking about and what, is people. When we're making um, e-commerce projects, a lot of people are upgrading from a legacy project or they're forced to look at e-commerce because of the physical um, retail pressures that everyone is under. So sometimes people get involved in e-commerce projects where the start of that project is a negative. Yeah. And what I'd like, really like to have a conversation with customers and opportunity and, have, and merchants is to have a conversation talking about the positive. How can e-commerce, which is now commerce, in my world there's no differentiation between e-commerce and commerce, and how we can look at how we can evolve their business, do something new, see something positive, You know, drive more revenue, uh, drive better experiences, drive better customer retention. I like to look at you know, what is the new incremental value we can bring to those organizations as opposed to having to react to a negative in the retail market.
0: Yeah, in your talk yesterday, you've touched uh, uh, a very important topic from from our knowledge, which is customer experience, which is strictly connected with uh, customer retention. Yeah. Please tell our audience your uh, your take on this.
1: Yeah, I think you know, consumers have really changed. That our you know our demands are you know completely different. You know, I can remember you know personally if I look like, at you know the evolution of Brian as a shopper, yeah, and I can remember. You know, when I was young with my parents, you know, we used to, I remember one story I'll share with you. I went to a local butcher shop with my mum and dad, and I used to walk in that shop and that butcher would know who I was and literally know who you know that I like sausages. I like pork and apple sausages. And that was a real experience to the fact that, you know, possibly 40 years later I could still talk about it. That was an experience. And then shopping almost changed. It became much more convenient, you know, these big out-of-city retail parks came up and it was about, you know, driving greater choice, which we you know, the choice for now is enormous and, you know, very economic. But now people are what, you know, have demand, you know, choice is a given, absolutely, you know, really robust and, and good value pricing is a given. So that whole experience that, you know, maybe when I was a child, I remember, is now what's driving my my spend. And if you look at millennials, you know, we all now probably spend more money on experiences than we do on a physical device or physical object. I'll give you an example, uh, which I, I I use. I'm a coffee snob, you know. I, frankly, I learned that from my wife. But the, re- the issue with coffee, you can make a cup of coffee at home probably for 10 cents or 10 euros or what, you know, very, very small amount of money in, in the scheme of things. But we all go and pay, you know, five euros for a coffee, five pounds for a coffee, five US dollars for a coffee, and we sit down and enjoy that experience in a very different way than, you know, throw something in your your cup and put hot water on it, you know, so that experience is driving behavior. And of course, now the challenge for us, as we transform our businesses, digitally, is to provide that same experience in a digital medium that we expect in a physical medium. So it's, you know, amazing, creative, very engaging, creative, awesome content that's delivered to you irrespective of where you are and what device you're engaging with me and from.
0: Do you think e-commerce players in the mid-range are taking advantage of this aspect of uh, providing a better customer experience so that this can fuel their growth? Or do you think uh, customer experience is still a a concept that people are just talking about, but they are not applying it in their uh, day-to-day activities? I, I, I think
1: if you look at the masses... You know i think it's something something that people are you know beginning to, to appreciate however you know i think you know i'm very fortunate at magento i have the opportunity to speak to hundreds of e-commerce uh, merchants every single day in my career at magento and i have to say some of the amazing innovation you know which is probably you know leading the world is what well, I call it in that mid-market you know clearly there's very very large organizations that are transforming retail you know the probably the most obvious one that we all talk about is Amazon you know they've doubt raised the bar in terms of what people expect you know I think I mentioned yesterday in my keynote here in Poland that um you know Amazon's almost become the Google of shopping however you know I also said yesterday about a very small pizza delivery company that's created an app that knows where I am you know, it's my behavior, i.e., yep. it would automatically deliver a pizza to me based upon the time of day I hit a particular location. That type of experience innovation, and that's just one example, is coming from the mid-market. And the reason for that, if they develop in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a in a very agile way, their speed to market is so much faster than any enterprise. And if they have that agility and, you know, that creative thinking... Yeah. You can innovate faster than a large company, and therefore, you know, quite frankly, you know, you can take advantage of that window of opportunity between your innovation and the large corporates taken up, and you know, that's the opportunity for those small businesses to grow, and frankly, make good margin.
0: Brian, we are uh, in this moment, uh, EU and uh, Great Britain <laughs> and Brexit. How do you think this is going to affect uh, e-commerce?
1: I give you two views, you know, economic, you, know, e- you know, politically, no one knows. And I think, you know, <laughs> we, I think, but that that politics aside for a second, I think, you know, for me, we live in a market And what I mean by that, you know, the days of economics having borders in quite the same way, if you look at the internet, probably the internet is an amazing example, sometimes good and sometimes bad, but primarily good in my view of extending, you know, collateral information, transferring data yeah. globally. So you know, I don't foresee, you know, apart from any political reasons why that will not generate growth for us all. You know, there are so many examples of small mid-market brands that have become global yeah. and have global reach because of the flexibility, you know, the internet gives us, it's still relatively young. I agree. So I think, you know, assuming that you have, you know, great customer experiences that are relevant the market, and you know, I used some few most examples here in Poland yesterday, um, I, I think the opportunities for businesses to grow internationally, despite, you know, the global political tensions that are potentially upon us, is still still an opportunity that most merchants are seeing and seizing.
0: Yeah. Uh, tell us, what would be some advices that you would give to mid-sized companies uh, willing to, to grow in this economical landscape? So, let's say, some growth ideas that you would, uh, you would give the, to them.
1: I, I would go back to, um, the, the, you know, what was behind your question around experience. I think, you know, I did, I'll probably say two things actually on reflection, one of which is you know, definitely focus on the end to end customer journey. Yeah. I, you know, from a commerce standpoint, you know, let's think about that really clean content driven, amazing creative to engage, you know, to attract that audience. Look at the, um, the you know, the, the shopping experience and make it as frictionless as possible. Yeah, You know, a great checkout, you know, taking advantage of all the modern paying networks. Also linked to, you know, a shipping logistics. So that, you know, because I, I look at me personally, and I, you know, if this interview is going to be watched by my wife, I'm in trouble. But what I mean by that is, I make procurement decisions based on the absolute delivery date because I'm possibly doing things last minute. So you have to look at that integration so you've got the whole customer journey integrated. I I would certainly recommend that because I think they become the most engaging experiences and then you also want people to come back again and again and again. And if you've got a great experience, we all probably know, if we go to a great restaurant in our local town and they give you great food with great service, you go back same is exactly the same is true in the digital in the digital world. So I'd really ask people to focus on that. And then I think the second thing I would I would stress is you know when you're innovating today and when you're designing technology, there is a sense to you know innovate yourself and I think you know one of the things you know and I've had conversations in here in Poland and across Europe you know there's amazing tools there's amazing content creation tools amazing creative tools amazing commerce tools amazing shipping tools you know I would urge people to look at how they can use off-the-shelf technology to build your platform so that you can innovate around the experience, around the customer journey, rather than innovation around the active developing of a platform. And the reason I say that, this market is changing so fast. And the, the, the least amount of customization that you do inside your own business, the better, because then the flexibility of whatever happens next, you better move that much faster. I've seen so many examples for the right reasons. When commerce started, we all developed software and then we customise it to meet a particular need in the market because, you know, frankly, enterprise software companies like Magento, you know, we were not in front of that. You know, I think we're now in a much stronger position, clearly with Adobe, to avoid the need to do customization. Customisation can become expensive, but I'm less concerned about the expense, although clearly all of our merchants will be. Yeah. I'm more concerned about shutting the door on what the next innovation will be, and in particularly in the mid market, the speed of innovation is the speed of differentiation. Differentiation and differentiation, you know, is an opportunity for your brand to become internationally recognised and for business to grow.
0: Perfect. That was it, Brand. Thanks a lot for uh, for your uh, time here, and uh, yeah.
1: Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.